Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 286. Here in this episode, we talk about HubSpot campaigns, analytics, HubSpot comments, action menu reminders, and how to convert automated emails into regular emails. Plus, how not to get electrocuted by damaged cables. You're listening to the number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we teach how to use HubSpot in the real world. All right, so what's our growth thought of the week, Craig? Well, Ian, I actually wanted to ask people to help us grow. And perhaps the growth thought of the week is ask for help. And so what we're asking for, if uh, you're watching this, uh, hit subscribe, that'd help us out. But most of all, if you could recommend us to your friends, spread the word about how we help people with HubSpot in the real world. That would be greatly appreciated and they can also subscribe to the show notes. That's right. And so listeners, we do have a goal to get to a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, which we're putting a bit of effort into. So we would love your feedback on the videos. We're trying to create a different bunch of videos from the show to little videos that you can use as tutorials to help you out on how to use HubSpot in in the real world. Speaking of videos, I'm wondering if anyone would like to give us a video testimonial. So just record a quick 10-second video on your camera of something around the value that you're getting from the show, if you are, that is, and send it to us. We'll feature it on the site. We'll give you a nice juicy backlink as well. We'd love that if you're up for it. And can you believe it, Craig? It is inbound again. It snuck up on us, hasn't it? I know. And if you don't know... Craig and myself had a crazy idea eight years ago at Inbound, sitting together as we spent a week together and now became really good best friends. And we came back to Australia with a crazy idea that we will start this podcast. And here we are eight years on. So we will celebrate our eighth anniversary on the next episode. Sadly, though, we won't be at Inbound and we won't get to meet uh, Grant Carlisle. Uh, Shout out to him. Yes. He runs the Sprocketeer community channel on YouTube. I think he's uh, got Discord and a bunch of other channels as well. So links in the show notes. He's a great supporter of ours. Thanks, Correct. Grant. Really appreciate the support. And sorry, we can't meet in person this year, maybe next year at Inbound. And listeners, if you do ever come to Australia, do let us know. We would love to meet you. So let us know. All right. On to the quick shots of the week, Craig. Here are a few things of interest. We've got a new SEO 2.0 Analyze tool that's rolling out and you'll need to connect to the Google Search Console account in HubSpot to have that to add your websites in. And the second one is the HubSpot marketing starter email automation. It's an increase to 10 automations and this is new and it's it actually is available for a little while, but we haven't mentioned it in the show. I've been meaning to mention this for weeks and weeks now. So it's really nice that, you know, the follow-up emails that you send yes. are performing starter. So yeah, up to 10 of those now. So really nice, really nice. So Craig, when you say 10 of them, do you mean that you can create 10 of those automations or there can be 10 steps in that automation? Oh, sorry, 10 steps in the automation. Thank gotcha. you. Good clarification. There we go. All right, so there are the two little things. All right, HubSpot Marketing Feature of the Week. How to convert an automated email into a regular email. And you probably likely have accidentally created emails as uh, regular when you wanted them to be automated. And so it's really simple to do this. It's under the Actions menu. And if you uh, have created a regular email, you want to click the Convert to Automated or vice versa. 
Yeah, I'll tell you how this comes up. So you probably know you can convert to automate it as long as it hasn't been sent. This is the thing. Correct. And then the other way, you're going back the other way, you're like, oh, I've got an automated email. Can I make it regular? Well, if it's draft, yes, you can. You can convert that back to regular email. The problem happens is if you've published an automated email, this often happens. People go through, they create an automated email. It's going to be used in a workflow. They publish it. They haven't yet used it. hasn't been sent. So zero sends, hasn't been used. But from then on, bang, ah, oh, I actually just wanted to send regular email. Too late. As soon as you've published an automated email, you can't convert it. So then I see all these kinds of workarounds that people do write on forums, how they say, oh, now you create a regular email, then you copy and paste or you go into the automated email and you save these sections, then you go back into your regular one and then you use that section. I'm like, no, you don't. All you do is hover over the automated email, clone it, and then you can clone and save as regular email. So maybe that'll save some people a bit of hassle. I just That came up this past week with the clients. I just wanted to highlight that. Clone the automated email, choose and save as regular. Correct. And all of these things, like clearly that we are human and we make mistakes and we do things and these systems are in place to make our lives easier and simpler when getting things done. All right. On to our sales item of the week, Craig. Action menus on objects. It's the little things, isn't it, Ian? So up in the top right of most objects, buy an object, I mean a contact, a a deal, a ticket, those listings, you can actually go and get this actions drop down. I think it's one of those buttons that hardly anyone ever clicks. They just don't see it or don't use it, but it's actually pretty handy. So yeah. I've got an example here on a deal. Just click the actions menu. You can edit properties. It'll take you straight to sections. Uh, it's the settings to set um, properties. You can restore records. That's how you get to the recycle bin for deals in case you're wondering. You can also jump out to pipeline automation if you're going to change some of those little pieces. Depends on your permissions, of course. You can also jump to sales analytics reports, which sometimes people aren't even aware that exist, and also forecasting. So I just wanted to highlight that very simple little tip, but sometimes these little trivial tips, you know, they save valuable seconds here and there, and those all add up during the day. All right, on to HubSpot service feature of the week. And this is using snippets with personalization. And snippets are super handy. So listeners, if you are not Okay with snippets, I would encourage you to A, learn about them, but B, use them because you could save so much of time. We personally use a lot in quotes. We use a lot in tasks. We use a lot when we're logging calls in the system, but it provides a level of consistency and continuity. And so the example we have as for the snippet was actually for a customer that we were doing and it was used by the customer service team. And they were just using it simply for a signature. And one of the key things, once they did it, they had a, actually had it in the, in the snippet. The first line said, delete this and insert your first name. And so on our coaching call, we said, hey, why don't you use a personalization token, which is the sender details, and you can put sender's first name. So we've just taken a step out of there for them to now do something because it'll automatically fill out their first name when they're sending it. So this is a super handy thing to utilize. And any bit of information that is held within HubSpot, you can pull into a snippet and utilize in this manner in a shortcut. All right. HubSpot settings feature of the week, Craig. All right. I thought I'd add a settings feature. 
So this is properties. I think most people know you can add custom properties on contacts and deals and maybe they've added them on tickets so people are aware of that. But did you know you can add custom properties to quote lines? Uh, well, actually to product library items and then those get used in uh, line items or quote lines. And so you can actually do that from the settings and I've got a screenshot here in the show notes that actually shows how you can just go to properties in the settings and then you can choose the actual object that you're going to work on. And I've highlighted four that people might not be aware of. You can add custom properties for feedback settings, invoice properties, I'll talk about that in a second, marketing event properties, and then product properties. And so what's a good example of one you might have on a product property? Well, for one of our clients, we actually added a custom property for category because they actually had hundreds of products. But then when they wanted to do reporting and pulling together, they actually just wanted to group them by categories. So what were they doing? They were exporting out all the product lines from closed deals and then going into Excel, into a spreadsheet, trying to kind of then categorize the different products and then pull them together into some, you know, uh, V lookups and reports and all kinds of things. And so one way that we improved that process was just to add a category on the product itself. And that meant whenever the, the product library item was added to a quote, then the category went with it and then they could use reporting on it. So I just wanted to highlight that. I think it's nice. People might not realize you can add custom properties. Tara on our team worked all of this out and reminded me of this. So yeah, really handy feature there. And yes, the custom report builder actually now pulls across line items. Uh, so you can report across that. You can do joins against deals. And even just the simple report builder, not the custom report builder, can actually just do as a single object on, on product line items as well. So that's quite handy. Just a, a bit of a comment. People might be thinking, what's this invoice properties one? Do you know what the invoice object is, Ian? Not off the top of my head, Craig. <laughs> They've got a QuickBooks integration. I had no idea ah. about this. I actually went looking for it. Where do you get to it? How do you find it? Well, I actually found the uh, invoice object and looked at it. It's something to do with QuickBooks. Sadly, nothing to do with zero. Unfortunately, I, we don't use QuickBooks, although I know it's very big in the US. So yeah, I learned something there as well. All right. On to the campaign feature of the week, Craig, using HubSpot campaign analytics. Yeah. You know, we were doing, we do internal training uh, each week and uh, Pooja on our team was actually going through campaigns, HubSpot campaigns last week, reminded me of this. I thought, oh, yeah, this is really good. Campaign analytics, you can get it on the reports menu, campaign analytics. It'll give you a nice breakdown. You can actually look at things like influence revenue and sessions, closed deals, etc. So at the top, here's a screenshot in the show notes about influenced revenue across various campaigns, and then you can drill into the campaigns I've blanked out some of our campaign names just to anonymize it a bit, but uh, you'll get a sense of how it works. And then you can actually drill into individual campaigns. You'll get a table that's really nice where you can compare all of them. And the ones that you tick, you can tick, they actually get included in the chart above. I thought I'd make some comments about this because it can be a little bit of overwhelming. You go into campaign analytics and you think, okay, there's all these numbers. What does it mean? How do I compare apples with apples? And so I just wanted to make a few uh, comments. First of all, the thing that you'll find is that you can use campaigns to get a sense of comparing across journeys. For example, some campaigns might be good at driving sessions, but not revenue. And so you can say, oh, which campaigns are actually driving traffic? And then you can say, which campaigns are actually driving contacts? 
and which campaigns are then actually influencing contacts and also influencing revenue and deals. So it actually can be quite good at highlighting the different journey stages people are on and responding to with your campaign. So that can be useful in itself. However, I also want to highlight that sometimes when you go and compare all these campaigns, if like us, this screenshot is actually from our portal, we've been creating far too many campaigns over the years, all kinds of things. We had no consistency. And so we've got a bit of a mess. So the campaign analytics tool is actually highlighting we've got a bit of a mess. So we've actually got to go through, probably close out a few campaigns and just get a lot more streamlined and clear on what we're doing. And one of the things Pooja outlined in the training is she's like, start with the end in mind and then work backwards. I thought that was a really good tip because it's how you approach campaigns as opposed to people just spinning up campaigns, creating them on the fly and not really thinking about how they fit overall into an attribution process. So that's one other thing that were highlighted. And then the other thing I actually wanted to highlight, this whole influenced contacts. You can see it's just crazy in the screenshot, you know, influenced revenue. That's not actually attributed, that's influenced. So unfortunately, multiple campaigns could be influencing a single contact or a single deal. So it can get double ups. I think people are aware of that, but just a reminder. One thing that I wanted to highlight though, and this is could be a whole separate discussion we have is around recurring revenue. Campaigns aren't good at capturing recurring revenue. So you might get all you might get the contact, you might get influence contact, you might get deals, but then you don't really get recurring revenue unless you've got processes in place to account for it. So I'll give you two examples. One example is sales uh, create a deal, it ends up being a recurring or you know a retainer or something like that, but the deal only amount only covers the first month. So then, okay, that deal closes, revenue is just the first month's worth of revenue. And so you don't see the whole year or ongoing years, for example. So that's one problem, recurring revenue is not captured. The other is if upsell happens, but it's handled by the customer success team or the support team, they might not have a process that says, oh, even though it's a new deal as such, we don't really create deals. That's a sales activity. So there's no deals going back in HubSpot. So then HubSpot can't know, oh, you actually got all this further revenue from a customer, but it's not attributed back or included in some of these campaign reports. Not easy to solve that out of the box. It comes down to processes. So just wanted to highlight a few things there. Campaign analytics tools, summary is it highlights your campaigns, can show journeys, can also highlight if you've got far too many campaigns, but it can be a little bit silent when it comes to recurring revenue, and that's a business process that you need to work on. So a little bit of an overview there. All right. Now we talk about reporting, Craig, custom report builder series that you've been doing a little bit on. These are quick, just short videos. I'm interested in if people are finding them useful, just a YouTube playlist there you can link through. If you do like them, could you give them a like just to let me know whether you find them useful? And Because I, I quite like recording them. I'll record a bunch more and you can leave comments on them as well if there's particular areas of reporting that you'd like me to cover. And I know you've um, been preparing some as well and and we're doing some attribution-based videos together that will be going on the channel. I find that the custom report builder is something that confuses a lot of people and they, they actually don't really get far and they give up on the custom report builder. My whole goal with these videos is just to make it easy to get started. So in the first video, it's probably the simplest custom report build 
you could actually build. So super simple. Don't be daunted by them. You can get started and then we get uh, a little bit more complex in the upcoming videos. All right. HubSpot product feature of the week. And this is using comments throughout HubSpot. We haven't seen too much about this, Craig, but this is quietly rolling out on all the collaboration tools available in workflows, forms, emails for a little while. And now it's on pages, landing pages, blogs, and it allows users to easily tag and comment one another. One of the ways that you'll see an example we've been using it is to review pages on our HubShots website. And another thing that we've also done with customers is if they're making changes to workflows, for example, putting a comment on why they made changes on a workflow. So if they need to go back, they know why they did something on a particular date is actually super useful. So think of it in using many ways. And you'll see in our example with uh, Craig has put a comment for somebody in his team to create a teamwork task and they put a link in there. So if we're reviewing the comments, we can link directly to the task in teamwork. So it's very, very useful and handy. And I actually love that feature. All right, onto our quote of the week. And I thought as we head into inbound, this is a very fitting quote. And this is on a wall at HubSpot in the, in the office. And it says, success is making those who believe in you look brilliant. And that's from Damesh. So thank you, Damesh, for making us all look brilliant. <laughs> I remember that when we were over there many years ago in Boston. Correct. I think we've got photos of each other in front of we that do. wall, don't we? Yeah. We'll have to post it this week, Craig, for for all time's sake. All right. And now on to the safety warning of the week, Craig. Why should you not use frayed cables? This is quite amazing. A friend of mine, his dog chewed through, oh, like a puppy really, chewed through a power cable on his laptop. And so then when he was going to, I think he was either taking the, the cable out uh, to roll it up, he got electrocuted. He survived, uh, but he was badly electrocuted and his arm went numb for a little while afterwards and got burnt and things like that. And it was just so kind of freakish. It's, yeah, it's just a, a frayed cable. Who would have thought? So he's got a great blog post about it. He also talks about how he used his Apple Watch afterwards to do an ECG, Correct. check his heart health and things like that. And just a warning, I think, I, just a reminder. Uh, as he says in his article, it's like, oh, this is like a $30 cable. I could have died. Like, this is serious. It's not just, oh, mm. like a little bit of a shock. Oh, that, Correct. Was, that was unpleasant. It was like, wow, could have died. Uh, so he was very lucky. So, yeah, don't use frayed cables, people. Now, Craig, why do people need help with HubSpot? Just a little bit of a shout out about our HubSpot quick check service. It's a 60 to 90 minute call with us and we just walk through your portal we highlight what's working what could be improved some tips and best practices thoughts about whether you should upgrade downgrade uh, whether you're getting value from your portal uh, there's no obligation it is a paid service uh, because it's not just a uh, disguised upsell to working with us we just give you the output afterwards we can help you implement afterwards if you'd like us to if you're working with another partner that's no problem we're not going to tread on your toes so book in for that. There's times available and more details on the link in the show notes. And I think one of the big things that I find people ask us is, A, it's coming up to renewal time. Am I using the tools? Should I upgrade or downgrade? And the second one is, I've been using the tool for a while, 
I want to make sure I'm maximizing my use of HubSpot. So just little things. People might have actually never, might be using the sales tools, use templates, never use sequences. So little things like that can have a massive benefit to you. So well worth doing a quick check if you're unsure. And finally, listeners, if you love this podcast episode or this YouTube video, please like it, subscribe to the channel, send us your feedback, subscribe to the show notes, connect with myself on LinkedIn, search for Ian Jacob. If you want to talk to Craig, subscribe to the show notes and then reply because it comes from Craig's email address. So it's a great way to connect with us. There is also a sales and marketing scorecard. That's a link, which is something that we've developed to help you. And actually, we've created a HubSpot specific one as well, uh, which we'll roll out shortly, which will help you understand your utilization of HubSpot by answering a, a few detailed questions. Mainly yes, no, how you feel your use of things are, but that's rolling out shortly. So if you would like to do that, more than welcome to do that. Well, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.